You're listening to Robert Wright's Non-Zero Podcast. Hi, Mickey. Hey, Bob. What you got there? Is that what's his name? The guy who's running for president or no? That's... It is, in fact, what's his name? And what is what's his name's name? Wait, I could come up with this if you gave me enough time because it's the same last name as a guy Steve Bannon used to have on his podcast. But let's yeah. let's just cut to the chase. Who is it, Mickey? It's Vivek Ramaswamy. Ramaswamy, uh, of course. Uh, who is a uh, in this in this photo? He's revealed as a Soros fellow. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, a fact he would like to expunge from his uh, his bio since he's running in the Republican primary, but um. He's an uh, entrepreneur who is running on on the uh, an anti woke platform, and uh, he is a tremendous hit with the crowd. He's a, he's obviously one of the world's great talkers. If you're looking for a dark horse flavor of the month, he's the flavor of the month. Mm -hmm. Republican crowds love him. He's already sort of beating more more seasoned pals like Mike Pence in early polls. He's moving into the number three position. What's uh, his percentage? And, what, what, what's he at? Like eight, like percent? nine, eight, something like that. Yeah, That's uh, not nothing. And, not nothing. No, and no. He's a good talker. The donors love him, and he's built himself as a successful businessman. And he made billions with an IPO for a a company that sort of bundles eighteen different sort of drug companies uh, it, with it was sort of. Drugs that big companies like Pfizer had dropped, and it sort of was pledging to to find uses for them. And um, uh, it, it, at the DeSantis retreat that I went to, the rap on him is uh, that this was a failure. He's not a successful businessman. This this company he he brought to market, he managed to con investors into spending billions of dollars on it, and he pocketed some of that money himself. So he himself is rich, but. Uh, the, the drug companies have not come up with any big successes. And if you look at their stock price, it's flat and falling since since he left. And it's it's just not a success. So he's a fraud in that he's selling, selling himself as a business success when he's not. What he is is a great talker. Uh, and he frames the anti-woke message very effectively, including denying that he's anti-woke, apparently, according to Jonathan Weissman of The New York Times. Well, I don't quite trust. Wait, he denies uh, that he's anti-woke? Yes, he said, I don't use that phrase. He may use another phrase that means the same thing, but he doesn't use that phrase. He's one of the, you know, he's one of the great con men of our time. So uh, it's until the press pays more scrutiny to him, uh, he will continue to rise. And since the press is sort of soured on DeSantis, is looking for an alternative to Trump, uh, you know, they might, uh, they might boost him for a while before they discover that his businesses aren't successful. And you are trying to uh, burst his bubble by calling him a fraud because you're still on the DeSantis bandwagon, right? You're basically, basically. But I, you get points for bursting a guy's bubble before other people, even if I'm not on the DeSantis bandwagon. It's the basic journalist scoop instinct, Bob. Right. But but I'm calling into question your motives and hence your integrity. You should be very insulted. No, but I'm being honest about my motives. So you're but, just uh, a DeSantis shill. I think DeSantis DeSantis shill. No, I just think this. You know, it's becoming clear that this. It's becoming clear what we're getting with DeSantis. We're getting a competent governor who is 
quite conservative, talks smartly about politics, not a big people person, uh, not a, uh, a, a guy with a charismatic grand vision for America, which would be good, but don't expect it, uh, who would be an okay president. Uh, and he would not do uh, the, some of the stupid things that Biden is doing. He wouldn't do some of the stupid things that Trump is doing. He might do some stupid things of his own. But uh, he's better than better than having Trump in again. He doesn't carry the risk of, of you know, staging another uh, attempt to rig an election. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, he, he has nowhere to go but up here. I mean, he's not going to get less charismatic. Maybe he can come up with a, 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 a Ted Sorensen type who can give him some stirring words and he can be a little more charismatic. Hey, have you thought about applying for that position? I'm a very bad Ted Sorensen. I yeah, I was going to point that out. But I, uh, Ernest Hollings, when I worked for him, used to ask for the lift of a driving dream, which is what Richard Nixon uh, used in one of his speeches, I think. Mm. And I don't think I came up with the list of, lift of a driving dream for him. Although Hollings was a perfectly good speechwriter for himself, so he didn't well, need I, I have something to say about DeSantis. You had told me that he has an annoying nasal voice. In fact, you had said it's even more annoying and nasal than mine, which is something scientists had previously said was impossible. But I was listening to him. I happened to be listening to him and not watching him for one of the first times right. ever. I just, and you're right. It's like, it, 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 it is... It is kind of nasal and, and his accent, there's something just kind of ineffectual about his, it's an odd accent. I don't know where he grew up. It's not like Southern. It's not hardcore urban Eastern. It's kind of nothing. It's kind of weird. It's kind of like an effete suburban accent or something. What is it? What is his accent? I don't think it's an suburban accent. I think it's, I thought he claims to come, to come from working class Pennsylvania stock. I think it may, it, yeah, effete is the wrong word. It's just kind of, it's just kind of in the Netherlands. It, it, it's a kind of know. nondescript. It could be, it could almost be, yeah. I think you're he right. He wasn't born, he wasn't, I don't think he was born in Pennsylvania. So, but here's the good news. Here's the good news parents. for him on the, uh, on the voice front. Have you heard Robert Kennedy talk? No, he doesn't sound like Robert Kennedy Sr. Oh, God. It's weird. Maybe, maybe he was sick when I heard him. I heard him on a podcast. It's very strange. It's a, it's, it's, Gravelly is too kind because it sounds like it's a fragile, gravelly voice that makes it sound like there's something wrong with him, like he's sick. It's really grating. It's really strange. Now, maybe it was just this one podcast. Uh, maybe they're, but they it didn't does, mention that he was sick. It doesn't there, inspire sympathy because he's vulnerable. It is a really annoying sound. You can fix him, Bob. I'm available. <laughs> Um, uh, but you know, uh, I, but he's he's. I I still think he's a non-player, and DeSantis is a player in all this. Well, he's obviously Rama less of Swami a player. A player either, but but Kennedy is is at twenty percent, right? I mean, I think that's because nobody. Oh, he's a player, talk. in that he could he could he could he could d destroy Biden. He could do that. I, I don't know that he could do that. I mean, first well, of he all, he could be like McCarthy and Lyndon Johnson. He could puncture the idea that Biden is inevitable, and other people. Gang up at him, and then he doesn't run. I don't know. This was, you know, this was on the Unheard podcast. People can check it out. Uh, maybe it's an aberration, and he doesn't usually sound like this, but I was very surprised. Um, were you impressed? Some people are blown away by him. I wouldn't say blown away. He doesn't sound, he doesn't sound crazy. I mean, he, well, of course, they kind of made a point of not getting into the vaccine stuff. They didn't, didn't get into his most vulnerable things. I mean, 
he is, you know, he's a little bit of a conspiracy theorist and a little hyperbolic, like, you know, the pandemic and what else? There were two things that supposedly people used to impose, quote, totalitarian policies. Well, that's if you look at the word totalitarian, that's probably going too far. Um, so he's Ukraine? a little weird. What? No. Is Ukraine one of them? But he didn't talk about them. Oh, but but you know, that's certainly part of his rap is we're wasting money on Ukraine. We've wasted money on all the other wars, Iraq and so on. You know, he, he's got he's a populist. He's a he's a right wing, he's a well disinformation he's a left, left right prop uh, populist. Yeah. Disinformation is the totalitarian uh consequence of the COVID thing. So I can't come up with the other one. No, but totalitarian is not the right word. Do you know what that word Correct. means? Yeah. I um Totalitarian, I assume, means you control the totality of life, as in Orwell's yeah, it, 1984. It's beyond authoritarian, right? It's it's like pervasive but, and, control. As a man who's discovered that his grandfather was an anti-fascist working in a bookstore in Nazi Berlin. That would be you, even, not Robert Kennedy? That would be me. Even the Nazis weren't quite totalitarian. If you were Jewish, they killed you. But if we got you're... A, we got a slate pitch on Nazis coming up, folks. Take it away, Mickey. No, that's been written actually, but uh, not so bad. Uh, what? Well, well the, the, they, you know, they, they weren't totalitarian. They missed my grandmother's passport when she was leaving. They they weren't well, smart maybe enough they to, weren't efficient, to look at but... all her passwords, so they weren't efficient enough to be completely totalitarian. Maybe they weren't efficient, yes. but I I do think they did the thing where your neighbor can turn you in if you say the wrong thing, right? And that's Pretty, pretty I think that's right. That's probably right. But they miss things well, like my yeah, grandfather. No, we're all nobody's 100 percent competent. Um, but no, I don't think they even but I don't think. Well, they didn't bust him because he was an Italian citizen. How totalitarian is that? That's weird. Mm, right. I mean, real totalitarians wouldn't let a little formality like that stand in the way. But anyway, mm -hmm. I think there is some there may be some truth to something that will never be investigated, which is that the Nazis weren't as, they were horrible and evil and awful, and but they weren't quite as totalitarian as they might have been or as future, future totalitarians will be. Mm -hmm. I think you got a book in you there, Mickey. <laughs> <laughs> Hitler's willingness, executioners, but really they weren't totalitarians. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Hitler's innocent I don't executioners. Think, um, I, I don't think I'm going to write that book. Um, uh, so, hey, you know what this thing happened? Oh, go ahead. There's this podcast uh, that did a nice analysis of my book, which was nice to see. And they liked our, they liked. They're a little they late us, to the Bob. party, Mickey. Your book was, uh, your book was published in the previous millennium, was it not? And Bob? Yeah. It's held up. No, it, ha it hasn't completely Apparently. held up, but they're still, they're still talking about it on podcasts. You what know, podcast? 25 what years podcast? later. Uh, Workers and Parasites, a libertarian podcast. Anyway, they are, they're fans of us, Bob. That's oh, all. They I, then said I we have were... only the kindest words about them. I've long been admired. They, even, their they even did a parody of the parrot at the end of the at the end of their podcast. So. That's what we're looking for. You know, you were mentioned on I'm another saying. podcast. You know, you heard this, right? You were mentioned on the yeah, that was the, podcast. Yeah, that was a glancing mention by Matt Welch on. Well, well the weird thing, down, yeah. so you went, you went and listened to it because you're the kind who would. Once you heard you were mentioned, you would go. I listened to the listen. part that mentioned me. Yeah, what was weird was 
as soon as they mention you, the phone goes off. Some phone goes off and distracts them. They might have spent a whole, you know, 35 seconds on you. Otherwise. I don't think so. I don't I think so. Anyway, that was my friend, Matt Welch, who did it. So, but uh, that was nice of him. He, he was accurate about it, which, you know, like when, Smith, I, when I, when I, what Ben Smith was in on the conversation. So it's a high profile conversation. And, and they brought up the fact that you had uh, resigned in protest from the Daily Caller because Tucker Carlson wouldn't let you criticize Fox News. And they said, you know, that Mickey Kouse is a profile in courage. And then Ben Smith said, yeah, but have you ever <laughs> seen his apartment? Did you stay for that part? <laughs> they didn't say any of that, but they no, um, they didn't. They uh, It wasn't quitting in protest. What's the point of writing for if you can't write about politics, if you can't cover one of the major players. It's oh, you're too modest, Mickey. You're profiling courage. Um, the, uh, the, but, um, actually my main beef, you know, I, I bitch about Ben Smith had the job of being the small apartment, Yep. but you've hit on my main beef with him is he gave me no credit for that. No credit for your small apartment. No credit for my profile encouraged them. Yeah, in uh, fact, it sounded like and, and he was, was about really to change annoying. the subject when the phone rang. In fact, I think he may have quickly dialed the number to make the phone <laughs> ring so he could change the subject. That was my well, feeling. Well, we'll get to Ben Smith. In the parable? But, um, or some some point. No, uh, I think they should pay. This, People should have to pay to hear you what you're going to say about this, Ben Smith. this uh, uh, op-ed by him on Jezebel Mag. I'm not going to say it was incredibly boring and badly written, Bob, but I'm not denying it either. Uh, anyway, um, it was like, it was a quasi excerpt from his book, Mickey. So it would be a man, pretty. If that's the best. If that's the best in his book. I bet it's going to be uh, a bestseller. What can I say? I bet it's not. It probably will list. be a bestseller for yeah. a while. Everything's a bestseller for a while. Not true. Was your book a bestseller for a while? Depends how you define bestseller. <laughs> um, so, Mickey, yeah, so so the the news of the week is is the Wagner guy saying, "Where is the fucking ammo?" Right. He always says no. that. He's such a whiner. He's going to withdraw why from can't he be? Why can't he be like those prisoners he sends to their, their death and just suffer stoically? Um, He's going to withdraw from Bakhmut's, he said. On Thursday, well, I'll tell you, it has taken them a while to wrap that thing up, isn't it? I mean, they still, like, 7% of Bakhmut is still beyond their reach. Um, yeah, it was, that. well, I, I wouldn't call that, I mean, that's interesting that they haven't uh, been able to wrap it up. Um, there's even some some takes or that Ukraine's going to make it a point of counteroffensive when the counteroffensive begins. Uh, there are already it's not, it looks like they're doing prep work for the counteroffensive. Um, you know there have been uh, drone strikes, a number of kind of oil depots or refineries in either Crimea or Russia proper. Uh, on the other side of the border have gotten blown up in the last week or so. And, and this is oil that might well have been, you know, ultimately been destined for the, for the war zone. Um, and so, then there was the weirdo, you know, the, the, the drone strike on the, on the Kremlin. Yeah. What were you going to say was the main story? Sorry, I interrupted you. Oh, I didn't, I, I would say, I mean, to me, the most interesting Ukraine story was the Kremlin drone strike, just because it's such a mystery. Um, you know, it kind of makes sense. I mean, in theory, it would make sense as a false flag operation, except that it would be so kind of embarrassing for Putin. I, I mean, 
if he really feels he needs to rally public support to get this to get to pave the way for a second mobilization or to just make the recruiting go better, uh, they've ramped up their recruiting drive. There's recruiting posters all over Moscow now, which there weren't a month or two ago. And if he feels he needs to make uh, Russia feel imperiled, but most of the smart people on both pro-Russia and pro-Ukraine Twitter that I saw did not think it's a false flag. But on the other hand, it doesn't seem like it doesn't seem to be like Zelensky himself would authorize it. I mean, I assume the Biden people have made it clear that we don't welcome that kind of thing. Well, weren't, uh, the, weren't these assassinations that happened sort of freelance pro-Ukrainian people in theory? Well, this is the, the the intermediate possibility is that it came from somebody in the Ukrainian government or military. You know, the, the military uh, is a, um, you know, in some respects, a decentralized thing and an ideologically diverse thing. So there there are hardcore nationalists, I'm sure, who would like to do stuff like that if they could. Um, you would think U.S. intelligence would know, for starters, did the drones fly come from Ukraine. Not that that's the only way Ukrainians could have done it. They they, they could well have uh, done something locally, I guess. But, uh, I mean, I mean one, it, one reason people don't think it was a false flag is because uh, it, it apparently took the Kremlin like 12 hours to say anything about it. Like, they weren't, like, ready to capitalize. They, they ultimately, yeah, um, of course, claimed it was an assassination attempt on uh, Putin, which is, you know, the other theory is maybe that would... Uh, help them legitimize, uh, you know, certain kinds of strikes that otherwise would be hard to legitimize. The I don't know. Picture of it was a little too cinematic. It was perfectly framed, and it, you know, was it? It went off like right at the, the you know, the the, the the top of whatever building it was attacking. It was it was um, it was well, very professionally done. It went, one of them went off and it was unclear whether it was hit by anti-aircraft or it actually hit the top of that dome. Um, I think it, I, apparently there was damage. There was, there was some kind of fire damage to that. There was more than one? There were two. And in yeah. fact, one piece of misinformation was, well, it must've been a false flag uh, operation because there were guys waiting on the roof. Well, first of all, if you did the false flag, I don't think you'd have the guys waiting on them. But the other thing is, the guys apparently got on the roof after the first strike and okay. then a second drone came and they apparently came. Somebody said they came from different directions. So I don't know where um, that that wasn't the big news of, of the week for me. What was? I thought the big news of the week was the possibility that the United States and China would team up and tell these people to negotiate a peace and get back in line and uh, get the get the boys to quit it. Uh, and that was very encouraging. I thought that we would be open to that. And, You're hearing uh, more and that about seems that. like a very good thing. And was that a David Ignatius piece or what? I didn't read a David Ignatius piece. I read some other piece about how Jake Sullivan is, you know, open to it. Our president. The, uh, the administration <laughs> is making more nice noises about China, including, I think, uh, vibes of the kind you describe. I don't know. Um, uh, you know. We'll wait and see. It looks still looks like this counteroffensive's going to happen, and and so oh, the story's all admitted. They're going to let the counteroffensive happen. Yeah, well, then that just throws they the wild card the into everything. Would, they seem to feel the counteroffensive would help if it gained some ground. I don't know if that's true or not. Yeah, to me, it's just a roll of the dice. It could go in a lot of ways and have consequences we don't 
anticipate. Now, for my money, the good Ukraine-related news was that the Institute for the Study of War got busted. Really? Busted. In a certain sense. So this is, you know, this, this quote think tank. Uh, it was basically <laughs> neo neocon uh, arms industry funded think tank that has managed to make itself like the go-to source for like New York Times, Wall Street Journal, Washington Post. All these reporters, as a time saver, just take the ISW's daily updates of the war and assessments, and they give them credit. And I wrote a piece almost a year ago in the Non-Zero Newsletter pointing out that this is basically a propaganda operation, and they systematically distort what's actually going on in the war uh, to kind of, you know, uh, exaggerating Ukrainian advances, downplaying Russian ones, and so on. But anyway, this week on Twitter, um, you know, there had always been rumblings about ISW. Uh, I mean, of course, pro-Russia Twitter hates them. Even occasionally you'd hear something from pro-Ukraine an analysts, but this week it kind of it came to a head uh, because these two guys with a big following, uh, one a journalist, one more intelligence analyst, uh, and they're both pro-Ukraine, just kind of lit into them. And uh, let me give you, you know, one of them, Nathan Rooser, said on Twitter that, that uh, ISW is, quote, becoming a major problem in the media media ecosystem. Uh, it, it, this was actually, what set this one off was uh, ISW saying it's, quote, likely that the drone thing was a false flag operation, which is just nobody knows what's the light. It's a right. complete mystery. It's crazy. And there's right. a many reasons right. that people have cited that it's, if anything, likely not to be one. But of course, ISW predictably uh, is going to take that side and then he said, this bad opinion will, quote, be laundered as fact by many journalists who print what they say verbatim. There's a second journalist. I wrote all this up in uh, today's non-zero newsletter. But uh, this guy, Neil Hauer, another pro-Ukraine guy, also with over 100,000 Twitter followers, said this, this uh, ISW uh, update is uh, laughable. And, and more broadly, he talked about how ISW speculation is... Uh, converted into, quote, confirmed info by legacy media reporting it. But here's the killer. After these guys had, had lit into them, and this and this one guy, uh, Rooser, um, did a whole long thread. Michael Kaufman, like the most respected Russia military analyst in the West now, a guy who's not only pro-Ukraine, was born in Ukraine, quote, quote tweets the pretty savage Rooser critique of ISW and just says, this is constructive criticism. In other words, he gave it a seal of approval. Right. And that freaked ISW out so much that they issued this whole long statement, like our methodology has come into blah, blah, blah. And it was just <laughs> the statement. The statement's not noteworthy, but the point is that they were so stung by all this uh, that Fantastic. they actually replied. This is just wonderful. Of course, what nobody said in the course of this is that ISW is ideologically driven. Now, that's still apparently either not understood or not something you're supposed to say. It's run by somebody with the last name of Kagan. How could it be uh, <laughs> not understood? Uh, yeah, it is, it is part Kagans of what, what, what you've called the Kagan industrial complex. It is the wife of Fred Kagan, who is the brother of Bob Kagan and the brother-in-law <laughs> of Victoria Newland and 
need we go on it's uh yeah but um uh anyway that's good that, that's uh that's good news i had something to say but i forgot it uh anyway um no i'm uh, happy to just stop and savor this let's don't <laughs> let's have a let's have a minute of silence because look i wrote this thing a year ago it gets like zero pickup i mean i i i guess uh, responsible statecraft reran it, and, and uh, so it, it wasn't it wasn't nothing. But I mean, the the the, the frustrating thing is, New York Times, Washington Post, Wall Street Journal, just it's like oh, don't get me started. Like, I know, they, I, I, yeah, I know what I would say. It reminds me of the Hunter Biden letter, which is uh, you got a bunch of people who say, oh, this is probably a false flag. This is the way uh, somebody put together a bunch of. Uh, intelligence guys say this has all the earmarks of Russian disinformation, and then it becomes accepted as fact, even though it's right. bullshit. Right. And these guys uh, were citing other examples, not just the, um, you know, there have been two other cases within recent weeks where ISW was overstating uh, Ukrainian territorial gains, making a big deal of things that were nothing and so on. But, uh, but yeah, that's the game. Uh, well, so and, Works so apparently. soon, somebody in the MSM will take it up, and then you'll be sick of it and have to come up with something new. I would be happy to be relieved of the responsibility. <laughs> you'll be tired of winning. <laughs> uh, uh, that's great. Um, so uh, we have other things to talk about. Um, uh, in the um, there's AI stuff. Uh, there's um. Yeah, okay. There's pop culture stuff. There's Tucker stuff. Oh, Tucker. There's, What's the, is there, wait, the is, there, is there, there's the saddest stuff, which is, uh, you know, I have things to say about the Disney lawsuit and, uh, say it. and, and there's also the, his, his legislative juggernaut, which he just ended all the things he got passed through the legislature, really an impressive amount of stuff. Some of which I agree with some of which I disagree with. Um, there's Epstein stuff bunch of new names, including your boy, Reed Hoffman. Yes. Uh, Bill Burns. Bill Burns. Right. In between jobs. Uh, your friend Neera Tan, that is now took uh, Susan Rice's place as the head of the Domestic Policy Council. I'm sure you're happy about that. Mickey is using the term friend ironically. Uh, my, my main beef with Neera Tan is your main beef is that she was very clumsily Doing the bid of the Israeli lobby at one point. I have, t I have two things. She she okay. totally did cave when she was president of Center for American Progress and uh, both APAC and the uh, Anti Defamation League uh, brought down the hammer about how they were covering how the think tank was covering Iran and actually like you know had lunch with her or whatever uh, right. and and she totally caved. Um, but but then she was also my my one run in with her on Twitter was that uh, was when she it was it was resistance mania on her part when uh, she was making a big deal of something that uh, I think she was making some big Russia gate point that didn't make any sense or something. That's yeah. the only actual interaction I personally have had with her. Well, she was a manic resistor on Twitter and mm -hmm. it obviously paid off for her because she's got a big job at the White House now. Uh, I sort of enjoyed the fact that she was unhinged on Twitter. 
Joe Manchin didn't, which is why the Senate wouldn't confirm her. Uh, but my main beef with her is when Ben Smith came out with his hatchet job, she said, this is exactly what journalism should be. Or she tweeted something like that, mm -hmm. which was really annoying. Well, so anyway, by uh, the way, she was actually her Twitter behavior, I think, got her denied one White House job. That yeah, that's what I meant. Senate confirmation. That's what but I meant. She but she has her. another one or, or, or. Well, this doesn't require Senate confirmation. So what is her job now? She replaced Susan Rice as oh, head of the oh, domestic okay. policy. Council, oh, head of, or she's okay, the okay. domestic, so whatever the equivalent of the national security advisor is. She's she's domestically the counterpart. Uh, it's, it's like it's like the NSC uh head except it sounds like actually very little power right i mean national security advisor is an actually important position is this an actually well, important susan position? rice had real power so mm -hmm. i don't there's no reason to, i mean she you know she failed to control the the uh left wingers on immigration or the activists on immigration but uh you know she tried and the i guess ultimately she sort of had to approve of whatever whatever course they took but um uh, but I think you have some power, I guess, less, much less than in the, in the national security sphere. Well, um, it's all, I mean, it's all a matter. It's all up to the president In some administrations, the, the secretary of state has most of the foreign policy power and others, the, the, uh, national security advisor does. It's, it's not like it's a formal question so much as, a. but usually the, 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 the NSC head has a lot of real yeah. power. Um, so, uh, so, uh, well, the, the the Tucker the Tucker thing was uh, this text came out where he said, uh, you know, he saw three guys, presumably Proud Boys, I don't know who, beating up on some Antifa kid of unspecified race. And oh he, yeah, he didn't like it because this isn't how white men fight, and that was supposed to be such a damning racist comment. And it you know it, it it implies that he sort of thinks in sort of racial pride terms that are sort of really I uh, well go not, ahead and finish not, your not, take not, I have a take. not 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 kosher but the whole point of the thing was a Shirley Sherrod like uh, speech where he eventually comes to realize he's wrong and he should sympathize with the kid being beaten up even though he's anti fa and uh, as somebody said it sounded like the first draft of a of a you know Tucker talk. And, uh, and, and, and so it just wasn't that bad. He was, he, he ended on a, on a redemptive, uh, self-redemptive and self, self, self-aggrandizing note. Oh, isn't it great? I can, I can, I can empathize with the guy being beaten up, but it still just wasn't that bad. No, anyway, I think, it, I think it was, I think it was actually both. I mean, so here's the thing. The story was, I think Fox has been like leaking things to explain why they fired Tucker and it's various sure. kinds of things. And this was one. And it was some a message in which he said, this is not the way white men fight, by which he meant white men don't gang up on people. Tell that to Emmett Till, for example. But that's his line, is that white guys don't gang up on people. Um, whereas, uh, you know, by implication, clearly what he means is uh, people with dark skin do fight unfairly, but white men don't fight unfairly. So that's why I think it's a creepy as shit thing to say. And it's weird. And I, and I, 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 I I'm trying to figure out how he came to talk like that. It's like, it's just weird and creepy and I think sick. But when I read the whole thing, I was struck as you were that the overall narrative in it was uh, the rest of the narrative was very laudable. It was like he was saying, uh, I, 
you know, when I first saw them beating up this Antifa guy, I thought, yeah, go get him. And then I thought, oh, no, you know, whatever there, but the, for the grace of God, God, whatever he said, the rest was great. But still, none of that excuses the one, I think, very strange line. Do you know anybody who talks like that, Mickey, who says who, who when they complain about somebody ganging up on somebody else, they would say that's not the way white people behave. Who, who do you know? Who would you associate with? Who would you socialize with who, who you've heard say something like that? Oh, very few people. There are a couple. I who? socialize with a lot of right wingers. Not going to say. But uh, well, I would not. Uh, I would not socialize. Nobody, you know, but uh, but it's 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 not a good way of thinking. I agree. Uh, uh, the, um, the it's 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 the way of thinking of somebody who's seen a whole lot of videos of black people beating up white people. Uh, you know, it, 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 even most of them aren't gang aren't gangs of people. But anyway. Um, Yes, it's a bad way of thinking, and you're right about the troubling implication that uh, that uh, black people do fight like this. So um, that was. It isn't even a question of. It's just weird. It's just. I'm literally yeah. trying to figure out when he got that way of thinking. Like, did his father talk like that? Uh, did he? It, you know, I mean, it was. It was a. It came through as a very natural expression of himself. He's talking in private on Twitter. He doesn't not talking in public. So that's when these thoughts would come out. I, I, I and I think people, it, you, you know, you what do it cut was? people some slack for very weird thoughts when they're. But it, it was in the private. racial pride vibe. It was yeah. the racial pride vibe that, in a way, uh, kind of, I find as troubling as anything else. Just that the way that's the way it goes through life. I'm part of the white tribe. We have this whole code, you know. It's weird. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to deny that. It, it, you know, I work for the guy. I never saw that. Uh, it, it would be something very private. I, although he, you know, his some text came out of him talking to his brother, where he was talking a whole other language that he would never talk about in public. So, um, what was that kind of stuff? What kind of language? It was. It was sort of objectifying woman and it used the word it, it accepted the word spooge i don't even know I what that means wanna... you can explain okay. it in the parrot room it's, it means jism mob yeah but see that kind of talk was so commonplace in my generation in the high school locker room or whatever that 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 shocks me less I don't know. Good point. No, the good point. This is something alien to. Yeah, that that, that is both, an actual both of our change. Lives. Right, right. But uh, and it, it has. I think it has taken hold hold in some. A very very tiny minority, and it's weird that one of them is a broadcaster for, <laughs> for I, the leading TV show in the country. I mean, the re one reason uh, it struck uh, so. me is because there is this whole question of like how authentic are his various beliefs. Because, you know, it, it certainly came out in the in the emails and so on that he didn't believe everything he was saying on Fox, including. Uh, well, he might not have believed that either. He might have been. No, trying but to, see, that's what I mean. He might have that's been trying I mean. to suck up. He might have been trying to suck up to supposed racists at Fox News who was texting. Who was you know? he texting? Who was he texting? I don't know who he was texting. Anyway, I have, I have a feeling most of his texts were with Brett Baer, but I may be wrong. Who's who's the good guy at Fox? Yeah, I wouldn't think what Brett Bear would be a a, a natural yeah, audience yeah, for that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
anyway, that's uh, the, I, I, I'm, you know, the, 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 the new, the new approaching conventional wisdom about, about Tucker, which I don't can't uh, discount is it's all the board panicking about, holy crap, we've let, we've haven't done our jobs. We haven't controlled Tucker. We haven't controlled January 6th. We haven't controlled the Dominion election fraud. We're losing a billion dollars. We look really bad here. Uh, and we have to find a scapegoat to blame. And, you know, they, Tucker was one who a lot of people wanted to shoot anyway. And so he, he got the brunt of it. And, uh, you know, the board looks better now. I don't know. That's that, uh, that made sense to me. The board only has like five or eight people on it. It's a tiny board. And so, so do you have any more insight into what he's going to do? One thing Ben Smith was saying no. that that he's contractually obliged to basically say nothing about Fox until his contract expires. Well, apparently that's up to negotiation. It's only if he takes the money is he object. If he that takes kind the of money, out. that kind of money you take. It's twenty right, million. Suppose, a year, he, right? suppose he takes says I'll take ten million, and you know that that's I, the negotiation. I'll take ten million, but I can mention Fox. It's a negotiation, so it's it's not ironclad that he's going to be. Uh, I, I think he's going to found find that his options are much less appealing than everybody says they are. Uh, and by far the best op option is to run for president. I mean, it's by far the most fun. He would have a ball. He would either have an impact or not. I think he would have a big impact. And, uh, you know, that's a lot better than having your own Substack or, you know, going to one of these lesser networks or staging a presidential debate where you moderate. I mean, so what? He, so he stages a presidential debate. Then what does he do? Uh, it's, uh, it, you know, and, and, and it's also true that he's, his shelf life is, is fading away. I mean, he can't just sit around for two years and expect to come back, you know, with, with all the notoriety that, that he has now he should, uh, he has to strike while the iron is hot. I think the, um, I did note, you know, in, in that video he did right after he was fired when he kind of, I guess, right. couldn't say anything about the firing or didn't want to. Uh, that, I mean, we talked last time about whether if he ran, it would be third party or what. That seemed to be paving the way more for third party. Did you note the part about both parties are whatever bad thing he said about them? You know? All right. Well, that uh, that makes sense. It's hard to imagine him as the no labels candidate. But uh, well, I don't think uh, that's what he means. He means Pat Buchanan. Could be. It's hard. That's po possibly. I mean, you have to start raising some money. I think it's you know, you have to you have to fight a ba battle in all fifty states to get on the ballot, and you'll win. But that takes yeah, a but, lot of money. You have to pay a lot of the lawyers. Uh, uh, but he he would start with a lot of free media, and and yeah. that can get the the money coming in because it can it can get you to credible poll numbers. He would probably start. He'd start with credible poll numbers, and at that point, I think yeah. you can raise money. You should probably like that because I just thinking right now about it, he steals more votes from. Oh, totally. Trump, Trump and DeSantis than he does from Biden. Well, as I so, said last week, the reason I think he might not run a uh, third party is because then he could be condemned for uh, destroying the, the, the Trumpist uh, chances in the general. Yeah. Of course, you could always at the last minute drop out I, and endorse. I somebody. said, I think I said that, too. That was part of it. And he and he saves the day and, you know, I don't know, becomes vice president or something in, in exchange. Okay. Who knows? Secretary of State, God forbid. Oh, well. Yeah, I don't think so. Um, well, something that doesn't require management and actually running the government will be good, judging from his having worked for him at the Daily Caller. Right.
I mean, Bill Clinton is not, he, he doesn't like to like fire people or give people bad news. So that, that much he has in common with Bill Clinton, who wanted to fire Rahm Emanuel and didn't. And as a result, Rahm Emanuel stayed. But Bill Clinton exercised sort of the micromanagement of the government mm-hmm. that Tucker would not do. So uh, we could, and, and Ron DeSantis obviously exercised a lot of control of his government. Do we have time to talk about his uh, well, no, list actually, of no. accomplishments? No, I mean, the alarm not? actually went off. You can do it if you want, but we're three no, minutes No, we can talk past. about it in the parrot room. We okay, can talk so about we'll do parrot. that. So, so parrot room, patriot, patreon.com slash parrot room. And there's a, there's actually a lot to talk about this week. Uh, Gordon Lightfoot. I'll give you the Gordon Lightfoot one question trivia quiz, uh, which you will possibly fail. We're going to discuss the Ed Sheeran case. You're going to render a definitive verdict on whether he ripped that off. Uh, he was he was acquitted, but uh, whether he ripped that off from uh, acquitted is probably not the word since it was a civil suit. But um, uh, whether he ripped off, let's get it on. Uh, you're right about Epstein. Stuff to talk uh, about. There's AI stuff. I wrote. I wrote. I know. Uh, I like that. I've, you read it. You I've, read it. I, I, yes. I I hyped it on Twitter, Bob. Gee, you Did don't you? understand I all the been on Twitter. All the uh, little things today. I do for you, you have no appreciation. Uh, I, I, I just want to no. take this opportunity to thank you. I didn't know you did. Did you okay. Did you name check me? Did Did you put Robert Ryder in the tweet? I linked to edit. I mean, what? Who cares if I name check you? Well, because I'm if not, you didn't, that's why I didn't know about it. But if you did, I should go you don't check read Twitter. My, you don't read my Twitter feed religiously? Do I just go to, to the Mickey Kaus Twitter yeah. feed every day and see what you're saying? Yes. Are you serious? <laughs> uh, the, um, the answer would be no. Um, the answer would be no. Uh, there's Disney. Uh, you mean you mean DeSantis slash Disney? DeSantis versus Disney. I have things to say about that. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, there's a bunch of other little stuff, uh, some of it interesting, some of it not, uh, but we can dispense with it quickly. Okay. Uh, so, um, and, you know, and, uh, the Chevron case, Bob, you're interested in the Chevron case? There's Sounds fascinating. Relaxing the, relaxing the laws against child labor. I'm oh. sort of half for that. Oh, must uh, I want to briefly talk. Oh, we can talk about Blue Sky, the new Twitter rival, and also about uh, Elon Musk's subtle pricing strategy. Subtle Tesla pricing strategy. Okay, I'm. Um, there, there are things to say about EVs. Yeah, there are always things to say about EVs. Yeah. EVs and artificial intelligence, hardy perennial topics. Um, yep. Okay. They're always there for you. Okay. So uh, we're off to. We're uh, gonna- we will take the parrot out of its plastic bag. Oh my God! Are you? It looks like it's ready for burial or something. What yeah. happened to that parrot? It's it will come to suffocate. life. Get that bird out of there. It's suspended animation. It will come to life. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Here it's coming to life right now. Here I am. That was that was very effective. Thank you, Mickey. Okay. okay. See you later, see you folks. There.